بكت عيني بكت عيني بكت عيني على ذنبي وما لاقيت من كربي فيا ذلي ويا خجلي إذا ما قال لي ربي أما استحييته تعصيني ولا تخشى من العتب بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين This is your brother Imam Ibrahim Bakir Imam of Islamic Society of Greater Kansas City In 2019 I was visiting one of my brothers in Indiana and I, am found, I found this brother and his children are watching videos for Sheikh Yasir Qadi It was about the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam One month later I also was visiting another brother in Chicago and I found also this brother and he was mashallah Imam there and his children and his family are watching the same series the seerah of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then I asked this Imam who is this Sheikh and why all these people are watching his series thousands of views about the same thing the seerah of Rasulullah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he told me, this is the best sheikh who is making this topic, the seerah of our Habib Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. He's making it in the best way. Then after that, alhamdulillah rabbil alameen, I started following the videos of Sheikh Yasser Qadi and I enjoyed a lot. And subhanAllah, months ago, I came here to Epic Mosque to meet with Sheikh Yasser Qadi. It was a great meeting and I realized why all these people are loving Sheikh Yasser Qadi. He invited me to his masjid and also I invited him to my masjid in Kansas City. Two months ago, I started watching a lot of videos criticizing the views or some views of Sheikh Yasser Qadi. Then I contacted the Sheikh Yasser and I told him, there is a lot of criticism. I want from you to clarify it because I want to understand and know the reality of all this criticism. Can I come to you? And can you please clarify this for everyone? He said, of course. This is why I'm here in Epic Mosque. Let us meet Sheikh Yasser Qadi and interview him. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. Alhamdulillah, salatu wassalamu ala Rasulullah, Nabina Muhammad wa ala ali wa sahbihi ajma'in. We are here in Epic Mosque or Epic Masjid with Sheikh, our Sheikh Habib, Dr. Yasser Qadi. We're going, inshallah, to meet him. We're going, inshallah, to ask him. Uh, we would like, inshallah, to let him be the light ala clarify all these criticism be the light ala. Welcome, <laughs> Sheikh Yasser. Salam alaikum. Salam alaikum. How are you, Sheikh? Allah ibarik. Alhamdulillah. We are so happy to meet you. I just uh, said the story how I knew you, how I uh, recognize, mashallah, your videos and watch it. And just, Sheikh, uh, we will start a little bit with uh, the criticism, which uh, there are videos talking about uh, mm -hmm. something from your views. Sheikh, but before you jump into criticism, Sheikh, because this is something, يعني, uh, obviously it's a bit uh, awkward for me and also I'm agreeing to be interviewed by you in this regard, but Sheikh, I think the viewers also should know who are you <laughs> and what is your background and where have you studied and so that we understand that يعني, you also are coming from a, inshallah, place of knowledge and whatnot. So I'm sorry to flip it around quickly, but يعني, you're, you call for an interview. I said, Yalla, Bismillah, whatever you want, Sheikh Anabas. I also want to, before we do my interview, quickly do your interview. Okay, inshallah. Just, uh, alhamdulillah, I graduated from Al-Azhar al-Sharif uh, and I have master's degree with the Ulum al-Quran. 
And also I studied in Saudi Arabia for 15 years. MashaAllah. Uh, with the ulama, MashaAllah, the ulama al-atharyeen there in Saudi Arabia. MashaAllah. Uh, my dad also was there as a talib ilm with Sheikh uh, Abdul Aziz bin Baz, Sheikh Al-Taymin, Sheikh Al-Lahidan, all these mashayikh. MashaAllah. So your and father is a sheikh. Yes. And, and, uh, my father now is the president of the scholars in Europe. With, uh, in Denmark, in Copenhagen, and he's leading the community there. MashaAllah. But your father, I know that he was one of the main figures of founding the Jamiat al-Tahfil in the Eastern Province. He is the one who spread the halaqat of Al-Quran in the entire South region in Saudi Arabia. And he's also, MashaAllah, a student of many of the mashayikh over there. He was directly student of Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen and Sheikh Al-Lahidan. MashaAllah. And he was also attending the halaqat of Sheikh Abdul Aziz bin Baz. MashaAllah. And also he is so close to Sheikh Saeed bin Misfil. MashaAllah. And you also grew up with this and you attended. Of course, yes, I attended. I can't forget when I was attending one halaqa from Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen in the Sakh Al-Haram, 1994. Uh, I had that time eight years. Uh, I was eight years old. Mashallah. I was reciting some uh, from Surah Yasin. I, I couldn't forget this because he also, Sheikh Ibn Uthameen, encouraged me to continue in this field, the field of Mashallah. Al-Quran. And he told my dad, one day this thought, this voice will be يَذْهَبْ إِلَىٰ أَرْجَاءِ الدُّنْيَا MashaAllah, it's going to be resounding in the whole world, MashaAllah, Alhamdulillah. He said this to me, I was encouraged before Sheikh Internet, before all these things. MashaAllah, MashaAllah, Alhamdulillah. It was SubhanAllah, inspiring from Sheikh Ibn Uthameen. After that I went to Egypt, I learned in Al-Azhar. I have actually two طريقة طريقة الأثرية نعم الجثو على الركب we did it إن شاء الله الطريقة الثانية الأكاديمية الأزهرية نعم so your bachelor's was in علوم القرآن your master's is in the master's is also in the sciences of the Quran in الأزهر and now you're doing a PhD as well in الأزهر in علوم القرآن as well right إن شاء الله you're gonna submit and إن شاء الله soon you will be بإذن الله تعالى دكتور إن شاء الله بكير from الأزهر ما شاء الله الحمد لله الحمد لله I'm coming to you today الحمد لله so شيخ again because it's very awkward for me but to be very clear, uh, and I, I want the, the people to know this, this idea is from you. Nah, and, of course. And you're the one who is asking multiple times. So I said, yalla, bismillah, I don't mind. Any wa illa. Just, uh, I felt it, it's haq on you. Jayid, okay. For no your uh, uh, audience. Okay, no to problem. To know the reality, because okay. uh, there is uh, criticism. Agreed. Come, and uh, people are wondering. And I was also wondering, when I watched some video, I was wondering what's going on. Fair but enough. But subhanAllah, in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, if any fasiq comes with bad news or bad thoughts of your brother, clarify it. Comes to the source, the masdar, ask him, let him clarify. Defend your brother in Islam. And this is what we are doing, inshallah, with our shaykh. Inshallah, nasrullah al-ikhlas. If there's any mistakes, inshallah, munasaha. And if there's anything to be corrected, inshallah. Bismillah. Before I start, shaykh, I have one issue, and I want from you also to declare it. What about if you find yourself, generally, you did something wrong? Do you have any any stigma to clear or to يعني, clarify it and to declare that you were wrong and you Sheikh, uh, found inshallah. something to Just I want naam, to start naam. with this. Wallah, Sheikh, it's uh, 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 inshallah a sign of, of humbleness and ikhlas that every time a truth is becomes apparent that you should then accept that truth. This is inshallah a sign of humility. And actually, if you look at my, my uh, life of da'wah, actually it is known that um, I have a major transition I was one of the main icons of a particular movement, a particular interpretation. I was teaching and preaching, and I have moved on from that and publicly clarified. And it has brought me a lot of negative attention, which I understand, a lot of criticism, which I understand from the people that uh, you know are of that movement. So I hope that inshallah it shows that I have changed my position and it, it has come at a great personal cost to me. Um, 
Some of the people say that I changed for popularity, to which I say, I would not seek Allah's refuge from that. Secondly, what are you talking about popularity? It is the change that has caused the criticism. It, this is a reason why there are so many harsh uh, attacks is because what I'm saying is nothing new. A lot of people are saying it, but someone like me has not said it, i.e. someone who has studied 10 years at Jam Islamiya and has mashayikh like I do, which I still respect and I thank Allah for my Jam Islamiya. But because I have now you know, moved on, I keep on saying moved on, I have not saying yani, uh, become a critic, I'm saying moved on from that. Obviously, the people that were a part of that, they feel betrayed, I understand and they feel a, a, a hurt that how could somebody who has these types of credentials have these views. So to this I say, I hope inshallah whenever the truth is clear to me that I will accept the truth wherever it is from. It is a sign of inshallah sincerity and I hope as well that inshallah my track record is clear to this regard. Actually now you clarify one from the shubuhat or one from the criticism that uh, uh, if he uh, is true, truthful person, uh, does he accept to change his opinion? If he finds the haqiqah, they think that if you know that you did something wrong, you won't uh, clarify it. Now you prove to us. I hope inshallah, that's, yeah. we hope. That's, the, that's what we ask Allah Azza wa Jal always to. One of the adi'i of the Prophet is what? That, right? that we want to see the haq as haq. Okay. And we ask Allah Azza wa Jal to follow the haq when we see the haq. Okay. Before we start uh, this criticism, let me also uh, uh, know the opinion or the view of Sheikh Yasser about at-takfir or al-aqidah. Before Sheikh we start, hmm. we wanted to know what the meaning of aqidah. Hmm. When someone says that you have zalal or person A or person hmm. B have problem in his aqidah. What that hmm. means? What the meaning of aqidah? Hmm. And what the mean that this person has fasad in <laughs> Shaykh, you're asking somebody whose speciality is aqidah. Okay. <laughs> so you're asking me to answer in two, three minutes something that I have spent 25 or 30 years studying. My magister is in aqidah, my PhD is in aqidah, my takhassus, my actual speciality that I feel confident in presenting new views is actually in aqidah and the development of aqidah. So, so I will try, inshallah. So the term aqidah actually is not found in the Quran and Sunnah in the first place about this reality. Uh, the term aqada means to be firm. And that's why, for example, in the Quran, aqadtumul ayman. You make your, your uh, oaths firm in the way of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The term aqidah to refer to the concept of Islamic theology, what we believe, is actually something that began in the third or fourth century of the hijrah. Yani for 300 years, the term aqidah was not common uh, to, to discuss what we are now talking about anyway. The terms that were used were iman, or they would use kitab al-sunnah, or even other groups would, would use ilm al-kalam. So there were other terms that were used. In the round 300 Hijri, 350 Hijri, the term aqidah, kitab al-i'tiqad, al-bayhaqi has kitab al-i'tiqad, right? Abu Musul al-Maturidi has this as well. And also ulama of the atharis, they have, you know, kitab al-i'tiqad, or usul al-i'tiqad, al-lalaka'i has kitab usul al-i'tiqad. By i'tiqad, what they mean is that which is firm and non-changing. That which is not amali, but imani. So fiqh is that which is amal-based. Aqidah is that which is in the heart and what you believe about Allah, about the arkan of Iman, and it is not supposed to change. That's why it's called Aqidah. So Aqidah is to be firm. So they say Aqidah therefore is that which is, should not, uh, you know, uh, uh, whatever you believe about Allah Azza wa about the messengers, about the Akhirah, this is Aqidah. Okay, so they are attacking people that they have fasad in their Aqidah, what that means? So of course, this is a deeper issue. Who, who is going to decide whose Aqidah is correct or not? This is a bigger issue. So you have uh, many different interpretations of Islam. You have even with 
within Ahl al-Sunnah, you have many, many strands as well. You know, you have the Atharis, the Hanabila, and even this is a spectrum. This is a mis mistake to think that they're simply one. La, the Aqeedah of the Hanabila and the Atharis themselves, which one are you talking about? Is it Ibn Taymiyyah? That is one interpretation. Is it Ibn Aqil? Is it Ibn al-Jawzi? Is it Ibn al-Zaghuni? There is an entire spectrum, even within the Hanabila. Then you have the Ash'ari strand, and even this is a spectrum. Al-Bayhaqi is not like Fakhreddin al-Razi, for example. Then you have the Maturidi, and even this, the Samarqandi, is not like so Taftazani. You have a spectrum here. So the people who uh, speak about this, when they say that he has Fasad and Aqeedah, Rizal and Aqeedah, I understand this point. What they mean is that I am no longer following uh, a particular Aqeedah that they think is uh, uh, the correct one. And I respect their opinion. I simply point out that is an opinion that they have. Uh, there are other interpretations, uh, other ulama as well, who are also believers in Allah and His Messenger. Their interpretations are different than the interpretations of the first group. So I want to be very clear that I don't intend to defend, a'udhu billah, my honor as much as I want to educate the people. That when somebody says, so and so has a problem in aqidah, you should ask, okay, so according to which aqidah are you making this problematic? Right? So they will say, for example, I take as my reference Fulan, Ibn Taymiyyah, Ibn Abdul Wahab Fulan. You say Jayyid. So this means anybody who disagrees with Ibn Taymiyyah becomes Mubtadi'. We have to be very clear here. Anybody who disagrees with Ibn Abdul Wahab becomes Mubtadi'. So you have made the religion, therefore, around a person. This is a problem. And Ibn Taymiyyah himself would find this problematic. Ibn Taymiyyah himself would say, Don't make me as the criterion. No, Ibn Taymiyyah is an alim, Shaykhul Islam, I respect him. Ibn Abdul Wahab is a scholar of Islam. I don't see any, I, I disagree with something, but I respect him as a human being, as a shaykh, as an alim, he produced something. But I'm not obliged to follow neither Ibn Taymiyyah nor Ibn Abdul Wahab, or Fakhreddin al-Razi or al-Ghazali. La, we follow what Allah Azza wa revealed and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. So the point being, it is their opinion that there are problems in my aqidah. I respect their opinion. They have that right to say that. But let us go into detail. What do you mean? According to whom? Where have I gone against what Allah has said or where the Messenger وسلم, has said? This is the point. I seek Allah's refuge from ever opposing the Book of Allah or from ever rejecting anything that a Prophet وسلم, said. And now the sources which we will go based on the Quran and the Sunnah of Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is our sources. These are so the primary sources, no doubt, no doubt. Okay, let me start with the first criticism, Sheikh. Okay. And please open your heart. <laughs> Bismillah, <laughs> Bismillah. When it comes to uh, LGBTQ uh, issue, uh, do you support uh, LGBTQ uh, uh, political rights? This is just direct question because the criticism uh, is Jayid. that you are supporting these people. Jayid. So we, we just wanted to clarify mm -hmm. it from you and mm -hmm. I will give you inshallah. Uh, so I have given multiple lectures uh, about this issue and honestly I, speak, I say respectfully, I don't think anybody who has listened to my prepared lectures, I have three or four prepared lectures on this, can have any uh, you know, uh, misunderstanding about what I'm saying. Uh, we do not believe that acting upon uh, same-sex inclinations is permissible. We think it is a major sin. It is haram. We are very, very sad and to be honest, yani even morally disgusted at the level of promiscuity that we see in our societies and our culture. We feel that it is not healthy for us, our children, even for broader society. Even if the people are not Muslim, we say to them that this is harmful to you and to your children. And it is sad that legislation is being passed that has normalized this and other types of fahisha. Now, uh, what the misunderstanding is occurring 
occurring. I'm very clear, morally uh, we are against this and politically we don't want it. Now, the questions that again have been you know, read into because I don't think what I have said is, is uh, 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 misunderstood if you listen to it uh, within the context. And I repeat it again, suppose a politician has certain good in them and certain evil and you think you think the good outweighs the evil by you allying with this politician do you automatically affirm the negative and evil this is a separate question of whether it is evil or not now you can say that i don't want to ally with this politician good for you but can you say that a muslim organization or group that supports a politician for the good becomes evil for their evil this is what you're calling guilt by association this is making political loyalties into theological issues. And this is where I said, as a person of knowledge who understands aqidah and theology, don't open the door to make takfir or to make tabdi' based upon politics. You know, there are tyrants in the Muslim world, right? Some ulama, may Allah yani, you know, forgive and guide them, I don't agree with this personally, they have decided the lesser of two evils is to work under the tyrant and to at least preach and teach. By the way, almost every Muslim government, yani Allah musta'an, right? Some ulama make this decision. Now, those ulama who make this decision, are we gonna say, and they're not saying it is halal to kill and what, they're just saying for the lesser of two evils, we're just gonna accept this. Are we gonna say that they are supporting the tyrant? By the way, we're not talking about the one who gives the fatwa that is halal to kill. We're not saying the one who gives the fatwa that LGBT is halal. Clearly, that is haram and it is kufr. But the one who says, I'm going to have political alliances for other causes, not for LGBT, not for... So again, uh, is there any politician that is saying that we're going to shut down uh, the pubs and alcohol? No, every politician. Is there any politician that is saying that we're going to ban zina and make zina uh, something that is uh, illegal? No, it is the default. So when you ally with a politician for cause X, and that cause X is good, i.e. foreign policy, uh, stopping the invasion of Iraq, uh, boycotting APAC or whatever else you're doing. And you think cause X is good and positive and Islam says it is good and positive. But this politician also has cause Y and cause Y is evil, whether it is LGBT, whether it is any other evil that they might have. And you weigh X and Y, right? And in your opinion, Y is more than X. That's your opinion. My position is you cannot make this person a kafir or mubtadi' because of this assessment. Wallahi, my speech is very clear, brothers and sisters. Political alliances can be mistaken. Don't read in theological affiliations. We do not support the political rights of drinking alcohol, but it is there. What are you going to do about it? We do not support the political rights of, we don't think it's good, but what are you going to do about it? In the world that we live in, if somebody says, it's the lesser of two evils to ally with this politician for a, a reason, for a cause that is not haram, then it's their opinion. As for me, by the way, and again, to be clear, I have never supported a political candidate. I have never endorsed a candidate. I have never told the Muslims to vote for a candidate. And anybody who says otherwise, yani, they have to uh, you know, find the evidence for this. It is simply not the case. All I'm saying, don't conflate political alliances with theological opinions. And that's very, very clear, and Allah Azza wa Jalla knows best. Go to the second uh, criticism, uh, that um, the criticism is, it is shirk to go to grave and pray there, and have like uh, uh, prayers there, and make have tawassul there. Then you were very uh, clear when you said that it's not shirk, 
it's haram leads to shirk. For now the criticism is it's shirk. Why you said it's not shirk, it's haram leads to shirk. So again, so this is an interesting switch from LGBT to qubur, yeah. <laughs> no problem. Um, this, this criticism of uh, uh, my view, we have to be again clear here. It's not my view. It is the view of the vast majority of the ummah. What I am saying is the default view of the vast majority of the ummah, which is that sometimes sajda is an act of worship when you do it to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or when you do it to what Allah has commanded you to do. Allah has commanded us to do sajda to Him in the direction of the Kaaba. It becomes an act of worship. Sometimes the same act can become haram and bid'ah but not shirk. So for example, if somebody, if somebody were to uh, bow down to a human being out of respect, it is haram, not allowed in our sharia to bow down to a human being out of respect, but it is not shirk. And if somebody bows down to an idol, it becomes shirk and they're doing ibadah to that idol. The same goes for tawaf. Sometimes tawaf is ibadah, sometimes tawaf is haram and bid'ah and leading to shirk, and sometimes tawaf is shirk to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The same goes for calling out to other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the default position of the majority of the ummah. So uh, when a person says, oh, Yasir Qadi is saying that it is no longer shirk, gently I say, actually, this is the position of every single sheikh and alim outside of that one movement that says it is shirk. Can you give us examples for this? In our times, haram leads to shirk? In our times, the, the best article that I have read is by Mufti Taqi Uthmani, who is one of the muftis of Pakistan, one of the great ulama of this, uh, uh, this ummah. Go read his article. He has a very, it's in English, it's translated into English, and you can just Google it, Mufti Taqi Uthmani and, and whatnot, and, and I think Istighatha and whatnot. He has a very nice, beautiful academic article about this. Also, uh, uh, many of the ulama, in fact, this is the default of the position of the Deoband, the default of Nadwatul Ulama. Uh, this is the default of many Azhari Mashayikh as well. They say the same thing. Uh, but what about our Salaf also? Can we have example for Shaykh al Islam? Now, if you ask, now here is where we get, again, the time is limited. If you ask me, my position and the position of many of the ulama who have studied Ibn Taymiyyah is that Ibn Taymiyyah's position is also what I have just said. The problem comes that most of our brothers and sisters of the Salafi da'wah and movement, they have picked and chosen certain uh, snippets of Ibn Taymiyyah's fatawa in which he makes no distinction and he says it is shirk and it is true he says this. But there are other places very clearly in Majmu'a Fatawa, the collections volume 2, I forgot the page 345, and also in his uh, book Rad al-Bakri, Rad al-Bakri, and also his book Iqtada Salat al-Mustaqim, in which he very, very clearly says that calling out to uh, other than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is sometimes Bid'ah and sometimes shirk. Yani imma bid'ah or imma shirk. Now, how can it be either bid'ah or shirk? In another place, he literally says it is ila shirk or shirk. It is either a means to shirk or it is shirk. Now, this is my position. Exactly what you said. This is exactly my position. It is exactly sometimes, sometimes exactly. Sometimes it is. So, for example, when you ask, so yeah, I have a much longer lecture. You can listen to it. Four hours. It's three hours. It's called on the Najdi Da'wah. You can listen to it. But the Khulasatul summary of it is: When does asking someone something become the type of du'a that is shirki? We all know we can ask someone something. We all know, I can ask you something, no. right? According to many scholars of Islam, 
you can ask even the Prophet in the grave, this is Ibn Qudama and mainstream ulama. I disagree with this by the way, but you want to open this door, well, let's be clear. They said you can ask the Prophet to ask Allah Azza wa Jal in the grave. You go to him and they base this on the verse in the Quran, right? I don't want to get into all of these arguments, but if you want to open this door, uh, don't say Yasir Qadi says, say the majority of the Ummah says. Say An-Nawawi says, say Ibn Qudama says. And if you ask me, Shaykh Al-Islam Ibn Taymiyyah also says that merely asking other than Allah does not become dua until conditions are met. What are those conditions? You believe the entity you're asking is able to give you independently. When you think a Nabi or a Wali or an angel is able to grant you forgiveness or rizq or life or death, you have made an ilah other than Allah. This is a Rabb that you are worshiping. This it is, is the essence of shirk. This is you, you don't agree about it and you it is shirk. It is, shirk. it is shirk. But yeah. when you think that if I go to the Prophet's grave, I say, Ya Rasulullah, ask Allah to forgive me, right? So now you're asking him to ask Allah. I think this is wrong after his, uh, and he's in the qabr now. I think this is shirk. wrong. It is not shirk. You're not making him a God besides Based Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Based on the concept of, it goes back to definitions. It goes back to what is dua. A dua is ibadah, no doubt. But the one who does this will say, I'm not making dua. Why are you calling this dua? I'm not making dua. That's exactly what they said. They said, Rasulullah said, a dua huwa al-ibadah. Yeah, so it is ibadah. But what is dua? Of course, dua is ibadah. When does asking become dua? They said the dua just to ask. This is dua. Nobody when says you ask that. Even someone, they, you make dua for this is, Even they don't say this. I can ask you to help me get groceries. I can ask you to lend me your car. Even they don't say this. No, but so, religiously, be, 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 so so. Let me ask you this. They believe it will be dua Jayat, religiously. Who, okay. Not asking, okay. Okay. Who who controls the keys of Jannah? Who allows people into Jannah? Allah Subhanahu Allah. Does anybody share this privilege with Allah? No, no. no. Okay. Hadith is in Sahih Muslim. Rafi' the Mawla of the Prophet When the Prophet said, "What do you want?" What did he say? As'aluka murafaqataka fil jannah. As'aluka anta. As'aluka murafaqataka fil jannah. Did Rafi' think that the keys to jannah belong to the he Prophet should, He should say as'alullah murafaqataka fil jannah. So did Rafi' think that the Prophet no, Of course he was Sahabi Shaykh. So what is going on here? The feeling itself, the believing itself. So Rafi' wants the Prophet to ask Allah. This is halal in his lifetime. It is halal in his lifetime. Everybody says that even the Salafis say it is halal in his lifetime. In his lifetime. The Salafis say once he has moved on to the Alam al-Barzakh, it becomes shirk. Others say it's haram. And others say it is halal. It's historically, it is what it is. So when my critics point this out, we simply gently say, Ya Akhi, it's not Yasir Qadi versus the ulama of the ummah. On the contrary, it is one small strand of the followers Ibn Abdul Wahab versus the rest of the ummah. So what I am preaching is mainstream Islam. And all you need to do is historically, look at what other ulama said. When will it become shirk? When you believe this entity is independently powerful to give you what you want. Yes. This is shirk. But if you believe that the Prophet wasallam is going to ask Allah on your behalf and he can hear you in the qabr, I say this is wrong and it's opening up the door and you're slippery slope and we should not do this. But to say it is shirk has repercussions and it has dangerous repercussions. And if you listen to my lecture on Najdi Da'wah, I go into these repercussions. When, they, when our scholars of Najd, then I respect them. When Ibn Abdul Wahhab, and I respect him as a person, when he went down this road, he had to make takfir of the rest of the entire ummah. 
and that's what he did. And he said, the Ottoman Empire is worse than the Quraysh of Mecca. And everybody who agrees to the Khilafah of the Ottoman Empire becomes a kafir, murtad, halal ad-dam. And he began killing people, and he considered the Imams of the Haram to be kuffar, murtaddun, and, and, and. So it's a very dangerous position. When you say the person is committing shirk, and you make takfir of the bulk of the ummah, you are opening up a can of worms. And this is what caused me to rethink through definitions. Actually, this was the criticism number three, that you criticized Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Hari. So now you are declaring why you so criticized him. I am not the only one, Imam al-Shawkani. This is my, the criticism of al-Shawkani. The criticism of al-San'ani. I have said in my lecture on Nazdi Da'wah, I said, don't just say me, quote al-San'ani and al-Shawkani. They both liked certain things about Ibn Abdul Wahhab, but when they saw the reality and the takfir and the bloodshed, the both of them. So they are criticizing this specific yes. point of Sheikh Abdul Wahhab. Yes. They do respect him, they do respect As a per- his knowledge. And no doubt, they, and no they doubt, just yes. are criticizing this point. That it went, he went to extremes. He, it like, it's not like our, uh, he our went to extremes. And again, I have said this multiple times, you have the right to disagree, but I, firmly believe Shaykh Hussam ibn Taymiyyah's aqidah was different than the aqidah of Ibn Abdul Wahhab. This is my research and I can prove it and I'm writing an article about this as well By and I'm the only one. Information okay. for everyone, Shaykh Yasir Qadi, he is the first one here in America translated the books or the majority of the books of Sheikh Abdul Wahhab in the beginning. Well known, you know, everybody you know knows exactly this. What's going I, know, I know Ibn Abdul Wahhab's books inside out and with utmost, I've said this with utmost respect to my critics, look at my resume and CV. Kitab al-Tawheed, the first one to do it, Sharh al-Kashf al-Shubuhat, Qawaid al-Arba, I know all of this stuff. And I studied with uh, ulama and I still respect my ulama. Yeah. I have never once criticized, but I've simply moved on and I respect they're upon good, but some things they have, they need to be corrected. Okay, let me clear this. Uh, now Sheikh Yasser Qadi is respecting Sheikh Muhammad Abdul Wahab, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him. But Sheikh uh, Yasser Qadi is criticizing one thing that Ash-Shawkani himself criticized, Sheikh Sanani himself criticized, but just only this part, Sheikh Yasser Qadi is criticizing it. Is right. Which is the issue of mass takfir, and then the issue of a, uh, waging war against fellow Muslims. I have no problems if somebody says that, uh, uh, making dua to other than, uh, um, uh, sorry, call. so here's the problem, ter- terminology. Everybody says making dua to other than Allah is shirk. Everybody says this. Even the mukhalif of Ibn Abdul Wahhab says this that making dua to other than Allah is shirk. The question is what constitutes dua? When does a request become dua? This is the point. So the one who is asking the Prophet directly saying, Ya Rasulullah, ask Allah to forgive me. Go to him, say, why are you making dua to other than Allah? He will say, Astaghfirullah, this is not dua. I don't consider this dua. So his niyyah is not to worship other than Allah. What a'malu bin niyyat. So how can you accuse somebody of committing shirk when even if he's wrong, his niyyah is to worship Allah. And nobody knows the niyyat. Nobody, so which, and, and so when you open this door and you accuse shirk and kufr, you get literally, you get ISIS and you get these takfiris and you get these crazy movements. Yes. So we have to be very careful of this regard. Okay, Sheikh, the third question is uh, 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 why we have to listen to someone, it changes uh, his opinion. The number one, they accused you that you won't change your opinion. And now, oh, hmm. you changed your opinion? Why we have to listen to someone who changes his opinion? So to be clear, I have never called anybody to listen to me. I say, listen to the Sheikh whose uh, uh, opinions and ideas your heart finds comfort in. The average Muslim 
is going to be muqallid. Yani blindly follow. The average Muslim should stick with his scholar or shaykh that he believes is the one that is upon the truth. If somebody feels that there's a problem with me, I have said publicly, no problem. Allah will not punish you if you sincerely believe that Yasir Qadi is Dal Mudil because your shaykh told you so. No problem. Your Jannah and Nad is not dependent on your hukum upon me. It is de dependent upon your ibadat and your rituals and your tazkiyah and your taqwa and how much you adhere to the sharia. Ah. So if somebody believes that Yasir Qadi is misguided, that's their position. And if they are sincere, Allah will reward them for that opinion, no problem. But if somebody knows ilm and has studied ilm, they should come to me and ask me one-on-one. -on -one. So we differentiate between the ammi and between the talib ilm or the alim. As for the ammi, ma'dhur, no problem. As for the talib ilm or the alim, I have no problem explaining my views, but please understand this isn't like a defense of the persona of YQ. It's understanding why I'm saying what I'm saying, right? So if somebody is criticizing why has he changed his opinions, um, what can I say to this? Uh, I think it is you not a criticism. I, I think it is not a criticism coming from a person of knowledge. Let me just say this. A person of knowledge understands that opinions change over time. There is no alim in the world except that he has evolved and changed over time. Examples, Ibn Taymiyyah gave bay'ah in a Sufi tariqah, uh, in the Qadri tariqah. Is somebody going to say that he remains Sufi for the rest of his life? Come on. Ibn al-Qayyim, look at his early books versus his later books. Imam al-Shafi'i, look at his opinions in the beginning and yeah, in the end, Egypt, okay? Yeah. Abu al-Hasan al-Ash'ari, what was he, what did he become? This is the sunnah Allah fi khalqihi, that when you're young, you're impressionable. When you're 20, 25 years old, you are going to make taqlid of your mashayikh and you think the whole world is wrong except your mashayikh because your mind is still young, it's soft, it's impressionable, it's just gonna absorb. But as you grow older, you will start thinking on your own. And you're gonna say, okay, this is good. And Ibn Qayyim said this famously, that I know what Ibn Taymiyyah said, but I would rather follow the haqq than the position of my scholar Ibn Taymiyyah. Now Shaykh Ibn Qayyim make a little bit mukhalafa with his Shaykh. Many times, not a little bit. There's actually, I have in my uh, uh, house, I have a dissertation PhD about uh, Ara Ibn, uh, Ibn Qayyim that he uh, disagreed with Ibn Taymiyyah. And if I'm not mistaken, there's like 150 or something, like specific points that Ibn al-Qayyim used to follow Ibn Taymiyyah in this regard. Then when Ibn Taymiyyah passed away, Ibn al-Qayyim became his own sheikh. He has disagreements on many issues. Sheikh Ibn Taymiyyah himself, he found a 17 mistakes of Imam Ali. It's well known, he did. He, he, he criticized opinions of fiqh. Who criticized who, please, again? Yeah, so again, yani Shaykh Nassim Taymiyyah, Taymiyyah disagreed with uh, fiqhi positions, fiqhi, no, he, yani he siyasi and fiqhi. Yeah, he did, he said okay. that, he said, let, 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 yeah, it is well known, it's there. Yani, but, but again, it is allowed to criticize political positions and fiqhi positions. And yani he didn't criticize shakhsi, you have to be careful. He didn't criticize the persona. He said he was mistaken like in this. what you exactly did with Sheikh Abdul Wahab. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because Disagree. said the knowledge of Sheikh Abdul Wahab is 100 times the, the, the knowledge of Sheikh Yasir Qadi. Let me say also, okay. the knowledge of Ali ibn Abi Talib is more than 1,000% that the knowledge of so Sheikh we, uh, and, and And we are allowed to disagree with one opinion and respect the person. Yeah. To disagree with an opinion is not disrespecting the person. So now exactly you are imitating your Sheikh, Sheikh al-Islam. Not, not just this, all of the scholars of Islam. You wouldn't be a scholar, you wouldn't be, give, be giving something to, I, I, I should say carefully, okay, yani clearly, I, I'm saying you wouldn't be a scholar, astaghfirullah, I don't consider myself to be an alim and a tawayr bi ilm. But even as a tawayr bi ilm, even as a student of knowledge, you cannot yani, go and preach and teach 
uh, and do something useful for the ummah, except that you have to present in a different manner, wala rethink through issues. This is every alim and shaykh, what made him different? What made him different? Yani uh, 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 Ibn Hajar, uh, Ibn Taymiyyah, Al-Ghazali, yeah, they have to do something different to benefit the people of his time. So Allah has blessed me to be born and raised in a certain land and to have studied in a certain land. So I have certain things that any, Allah blessed me with. So I have to teach my people the ulum al-Islam in a way that is conducive to them. I have to think through issues of modernity in a way that is useful to them. So again, it is up to the people. If a person feels that so-and-so is misguided and wrong, and they sincerely believe this, no problem. Follow the shaykh you think is rightly guided. But don't get involved in refutations. You are a person who's following a shaykh. When you follow a shaykh, you should not be debating other shaykh. Okay. Okay. Criticize number five, that you are da'i in alim, you have to talk about aqeedah. So, number one, what's the difference between da'i and yes, alim? So, I never claim to be alim or shaykh billah. If you mean alim, uh, yani a famous sta- a famous incident, Sufyan Athori was said, Ya Alim. He was somebody called him Ya Alim. He turned around, he goes, Al Alim Aladi Yakshallaha Azawajal, Innama Yakshallaha bin Ibadir Ulama. Right? So if you mean by Alim what the Quran says to have Khashi of Allah, who amongst us can claim this? And I'll be the first to say, Audhu Billah. No way. We are all sinful Mudhnibeen. If by Alim you mean a person who has mastered all of the ulum and can quote you all of the books and has is Shaykhul Islam in Nahu and in Sarf and in Balagha and in Fiqh and in Tafsir, Ahudhu Billah, no way, we are we're sitting at the feet of Ibn Taymiyyah and Anu Ibn Hajar. But if you mean somebody who has spent 20, 30 years full time studying the deen and has a good knowledge of all of the classical sciences, enough to understand the sciences and has mastered some of the sciences, Insha'Allah, I hope to be amongst that group. But you see, ilm is recognized by the people of ilm. Yani, I am not uh, a, a doctor. If 10 doctors were to come and show me their surgeries and whatnot, I cannot tell the difference between, they're all the same to me. But if a doctor who has studied now sees these 10, he will say, oh, this guy, amazing. He'll appreciate because he has the mastery. So I say to the talib al-ilm that listen to my lectures and you decide. That's all I can say. A talib al-ilm will appreciate a fellow talib al-ilm. A talib al-ilm who has studied a field, now go listen to my library chats about these last 10, 15 library chats. Go listen to any series I've given, the Sira series. Go listen to my Barzakh series. Go listen to my uh, Heaven and Hell series, Ashat al-Sa'a series. Go listen to any series I have given and you be the judge. And if you feel that there is nothing a benefit, no problem. It's not gonna harm you on the day of judgment. And if you feel there is some benefit, Alhamdulillah is from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Allah has blessed me uh, as a wasila, but all is from Allah azza wa jalla. Can the da'i talks about aqeedah, da'i not alim. So what is he going to give da'wah to? What do you, I don't understand this question. A da'i will be calling to Allah azza wa jalla. Those who are criticizing you, they consider you as a da'i not alim. Then they said, he is da'i, he hasn't to talk about aqeedah. That's, I mean, that's their you opinion. Are okay, that's, you haven't to talk about aqeedah. I mean, the that's their opinion. Uh, yani I have studied my, my magister and PhD is an aqeedah. What more? I mean, again, it's difficult to say this because when you say this, it appears as if you are boosting your credentials while putting other people down. I don't know what to say, Shaykhana. 
Yani I studied in Jama Islamiya, I was number one of my dufa when I applied to the master's program, and I was number one in the master's program. And there were Saudis and, and Kuwaitis and Mauritanians and whatnot, lesser degrees than me. One of my, and I don't like saying this, Sheikh, but no, any, you have to say it. No, you have to say one it. of my, wanted to know who one of who. my, one of my colleagues in that dufa, my colleagues, and I don't want to mention names, one of them made takfir of me in class, in class, in front of the Sheikh. Do you know why? Because I said that the earth goes around the sun. And this is ma'loom and yaqini. And he said, this is kufr. To say that the earth goes around the sun is kufr. Because Allah says in the Quran that uh, 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 that um, and this so this is kufr. And you know there are ulama that said this, right? So he said it is kufr. So it is the shams that is moving, not the earth. The earth is mustaqir. The earth is... Now, let, let me finish it. So he said, I'm going against the Quran and, and fulan and fulan. He quoted ulama. They said it is kufr. Now, listen to this. This colleague of mine was a different nationality. He was Saudi nationality. I'm not Saudi. This colleague in a few years became a full professor of aqidah. And in a few, two years after that became the Ra'is Qism al-Aqidah in Jama Islamiyah. The president of the department. The head of the department of Aqidah. Same track. My grades are higher than his, actually, right? But because my jinsiyah is mukhtalif, and because, so he goes down this track. Now what are they gonna say? Yani, so what, what do you want me to say? So this guy thinks that I'm a kafir because this, the earth goes around the sun and he became the Ra'is Qism al-Aqidah for many years. And he's my colleague and actually not just my colleague, I am, yani, he was one. Maybe he changed his opinion now. I hope you he has changed his opinion. You became a good believer. I, I don't know, my, my point is that people, they, they have this romanticized view of ilm and ulama and too much. Yani, ya akhi, all ulama are human beings. طب, just last right. thing, Shaykh, there is hadith on the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam says that means if you, know if you have one ayah, you aren't da'i now, you aren't alim, you nothing, yeah. but you have one ayah, you should, huh, based on this hadith, to make balagh for this ayah. You agree with me? Of course, we're supposed to preach and teach to the people and um, Allah has blessed me to study Islam full time for almost 30 years now. Yani, I don't understand uh, what do they want me to do to not preach and teach because I have views that are different from their one strand of Islam. I mean, I am saying to them, you preach and I preach and may Allah put barakah on all of our da'wah. That's really very simple. Yani, we want to affect the ummah. I also believe, Shaykhana, that uh, people's uh, mentalities are different and different people are attracted to different mashayikh. I don't have a problem with this. Let certain people find comfort in one group of ulama, let other people find comfort in another, and fi kullin khair insha'Allah ta'ala, as long as all of them have the broad basis of iman in Allah, and uh, belief in the sunnah of the Prophet and irkan al-Islam, and wanting to read the Quran, and wanting to worship Allah. I believe these differences of opinion don't need to bring about such hatred and animosity. I believe the Ummah has bigger problems than the spectrum of interpretation. So even if I have moved from being one type of yani, understanding of Sunnism to a broader minded, because I haven't flipped and become another strand. On the contrary, I view all of these interpretations from a different angle, as if yani, they're all fihim khair, fihim good. I don't carry a card of any one of these. I don't consider myself a member of any one of these strands and firaq and interpretations. Rather, fi kullin khair. And I look at the good and I try to overlook the bad and don't make tensions between the ummah. 
So this is my overall methodology and manage. MashaAllah. This is by criticism number six. I have to, Sheikh, uh, look at the camera because it's a big one. And I have to <laughs> know what's going on with these people. The criticism number uh, six, unfortunately, they said, or they accused Sheikh Yasser that you are Sheikh Yasser doubting the preservation of the Quran. And you said uh, clearly that the narrative has holes. Narrative has holes. Yeah. yeah. That's uh, what I said. Number one, did you say that first? I what said the narrative mean? has holes, but about what? About what exactly? About the preservation of the Quran? A'udhu Billah. A'udhu Billah. My interview is very clear. And also, I said that, you know, sometimes in an interview, you don't use the best words. And I said uh, that no doubt, astaghfirullah, the words weren't the best. But I was not speaking about the preservation of the Quran. A'udhu Billah. It's very clear. What it was about of? one of the most technical issues, which is Ahruf and Qiraat, and the reality of Ahruf and Qiraat. And Shaykh, your master's and PhD is in Ulum al-Quran. Out of all of the subjects of Ulum al-Quran, you know, as well as I do, that Ahruf is the one that, yani tahayyarat al-uqul, that ulama were so... One of the most confusing issues of Ulum al-Quran is Haqiqat al-Ahruf, and all of the Messiah. Can you explain it, please? In, in one <laughs> I know, uh, this it is the problem. Like yeah. Three months, but so there are a hadith mutawatir from the Prophet sallam, that the Quran has been revealed in multiple ahruf and seven ahruf, right? And we also know that there are multiple recitations of the Quran that are, you know, codified uh, the ten, the seven, the fourteen. They are codified. So what is the ahruf, and what is the relationship of the qiraat with the ahruf? Okay, this is the Qiraat means the, 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 the way. The yeah, narrator, like Hafs, Asim, Mikathir. Yes, now this is one of the most complicated and dense questions that ulama have written about a Suyuti list, 40 opinions in Al-Itqan, right? Uh, Al-Shawkani uh, um, uh, also lists them. Uh, our, the, the teacher of our teachers, uh, Sheikh Shankiti, the one who wrote Adwa Al-Bayan, right? He was asked, what is your opinion about the Ahruf? And he said, uh, my opinion about the Ahruf is that I don't have an opinion. This is a Shankiti. He's so confused. I don't have an opinion about this, right? So, uh, I Shankiti, said. by the way, and the level of the knowledge of Sheikh Ben Bazi. Uh, some would say even higher. Yeah, yeah. Some would say even higher. To now, my, know who's so, my point is that um, certain issues arose about my position about Ahram al Qiraat that other people who perhaps haven't studied as deeply, they found very problematic. And they accuse me of becoming muftadir or dal or even kafir because they didn't, you know. So these issues had to be clarified. So I said, you know, the, the majority opinion of Ahruf and Qiraat, I don't agree with it. And the narrative has holes in it. I agree, I shouldn't have used those wordings. Astaghfirullah al-Azim. It's a very painful wording. The kuffar and even some of my critics, they began saying, oh, he is saying the Quran. A'udhu Billah. A'udhu you billah. have to clarify it. A'udhu Billah. Akhi, ash-shak fil Quran kufr, ya shaykh. A'udhu Billah. Ash-shak fil Quran kufr, a'udhu Billah. Inna nahnu nazara dhikra wa inna lawla hafidhun. How can anybody accuse another Muslim? And ya shaykh, I, I don't like saying this. I'm a hafid of the Quran. Every day we read the Quran. I have ijazat and multiple qiraat, ya shaykh. For somebody to come and say, I'm doubting, a'udhu Billah. Wallahi, it's painful, ya shaykh. I agree it wasn't the best wording. But look at the interview. Wallahi, it is crystal clear. I'm talking about haqiqat al-ahruf, the reality of ahruf, the reality of his relationship with the Qur'an. I have an opinion, I have a position, and I don't mind teaching it to anybody who has studied and we can, we, but you cannot explain it in two minutes online. And Shaykh, yani, again, I don't like saying these things, but you know, one of the critics of mine, and again, may Allah yani, bless and forgive them, they haven't studied these issues. 
They haven't. And when they hear an opinion that they've never studied, they think you are the kafir or dal So he said to me, your position is kufr, and I'm going to get a fatwa from the kibar ulama. I'm gonna get a fatwa that you are kafir because of this opinion. I said, tafaddal bismillah, but just one يعني, addition. Make sure they also make takfir of al-Tahawi and Abu al-Fadl al-Razi and al-Shafi'i. And I mentioned five or six people. He goes, what, what do you mean? I said, my opinion is exactly the opinion of Fulan Fulan. And I mentioned the whole list. He goes, no way they said this. And I quoted him, look up right now, look up. He didn't know what to say. Al-Mushkila, they don't even know. They don't even know other opinions. And Actually, when you, at this point, you exactly were imitating a bunch of ulama starting from hundred percent my opinion is nothing new nothing new i agree it's a minority opinion no but doubt. the words which he used maybe exactly. was exactly no the words i used was wrong but i'm following in my opinion i'm following many ulama now no problem you disagree to fadl no problem but please understand i'm not bringing anything new it's not something that, la, I have an opinion that is a minority opinion. And I can back it up and I have no problem with discussing with people of ilm in this regard. So this was the, the, the whole khulasatul amr. Sheikh wasn't talking any way about the preservation of Al-Quran Al-Kareem. He wasn't talking about Al-Quran Al-Kareem. He wasn't talking about Al-Ahruf Al-Sab'a and this big issue between Al-Ulama. And Sheikh just was imitating a bunch of Ulama, starting from Sheikh Al-Imam Al-Tahawi, rahimahullah ta'ala. Is that right? Exactly. Uh, Dawood number seven, we will change a little bit, Sheikh. We'll talk now about Shia. And uh, there is criticism, uh, uh, and this criticism is, uh, you try to make unity with Shia. So this is Kalam Ujmal, it is a, uh, a speech that is ambiguous. What do you mean unity? I have been very clear that uh, we have different aqidahs, different beliefs. I have been very clear that I am Sunni and I respect the Sahaba. And anybody who disrespects the Sahaba, I cannot respect that person as an individual. Actually, I will not pray behind such a person who curses the Sahaba, I will not pray behind them. But does this mean that we go and start killing other, bombing their shrines? Does this mean we start civil war between them? So I have never called for unity. Actually, Iranian TV, press TV interview me, it's online. And they asked me point blank, do you think there should be one masjid? I said, no, there should not be one masjid. Historically, since the beginning of time, there have been two masajid, for the Shia, for the Sunnah, and let it be. Why Shaykh? Because Why the differences are too much. You cannot expect somebody who curses Abu Bakr and Aisha radiallahu an, anhuma to, to yani be silent, uh, that we're gonna be silent as such a person. Let there be organic difference, but there shouldn't be takfir. There shouldn't be bombing. There shouldn't be violence. We have to agree to disagree in this dunya and let Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala decide our affairs in the akhirah. And I've also said, we will unite for the greater good, i.e. there's an Islamophobic candidate running for office, right? We need votes to push this guy out. Ya akhi, I'll get the vote of the kafir to vote this guy out. Simple as that. I'll get the vote of anybody to, if somebody wants to ban our masajid, if somebody wants to uh, yani shut down our masajid, we need to get people to help us in this regard. Yes, we're gonna come together for the greater good. This is the unity so, which you meant. So the unity for the greater good, which is the Quranic unity. وَتَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى وَلَا تَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى وَلَا تَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى وَلَا تَعَاوَنُوا عَلَى الْبِرِّ وَالتَّقْوَى و
Sheikh, we're going to build a hospital. Can I make ta'awun with the kuffar to build a hospital? Wallahi, well, their view, you have to kill them. I don't view, Audhu Billah, that's not me. That's Those not who me. are criticizing, they have this uh, methodology. That's their methodology. I think it's wrong and dangerous and evil. You haven't to talk, you haven't to sit, you haven't to laugh. You should attack them. And if that's you have a way to kill, kill them. This is their opinion. So I have said from the beginning, there's a time, a place, a language, a methodology to teach these sectarian differences. I have never said we are the same. Actually, interestingly enough, last week, I have a big Facebook post. There is a very evil movie that was released uh, yeah, about- uh, London? About London, yeah. I have a whole about Facebook Sahaba. post. Yeah. Very evil, wallahi, very evil movie. I said, this movie is public, its correction needs to be public. But when we correct, we don't make ta'meem, we don't generalize all the Shia or kuffar. No, anybody who believes some of the doctrines of that movie has committed kufr, no doubt about it. If you believe that yani, uh, Aisha radiallahu anha poisoned the Prophet to death, which is the movie shows this, right? A'udhu billah, put poison. A'udhu billah, a'udhu billah. You're gonna believe this, yaqi? This is yani, beyond the pale of acceptability, you know? So I said this in my Facebook post. So what unity are they talking about? But should we now make takfir of all of the Shia? Should we say we're gonna bomb their shrines and, and, and kill? Oh, billah. So there's a middle ground here. And when I try to argue for that middle ground, some of our brethren, they, they, they think that this is ignoring the, the, the uh, mistakes that they have. And I said, no, the average Muslim should not be taught to hate another Muslim. We can teach the correct view without teaching hatred of the other view. I can teach my people to respect the Sahaba without teaching them to go bomb the one who or to make takfir of the one, because again, what, and again, this is a technical issue, when does kufr occur? It's disrespecting a companion is fisq. It is not kufr, to be very clear. Disrespecting a companion. Now, to disrespect the Prophet is kufr, no doubt about that, right? Uh, one, one question, if yes. they are cursing the Sahaba. Hada fihi tafsil. Cursing the Sahaba, it is what requires a bit of a distinction. The default is that it is fisq. It's not kufr in and of itself. But it might be if you are, uh, for example, in particular, for example, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq, when Allah says in the Quran, and you say he is not of the Sahaba. No, their interpretation, okay. it, it wasn't, uh, he wasn't Abu Bakr. Yeah, their interpretation. There, yeah, and so we open up a, a, a Who very- Who said it was Abu Bakr? Yeah, we said this yeah. because our narration, uh, yeah, our narration yeah. says that. So this opens up a very dangerous door and we will correct these mistakes. We respect the Sahaba radiallahu anhu. But you clearly now say that you don't agree about the unity which bring some people cursing the Sahaba to be with you in uh, one masjid or something. You are not with this. We, and I, I think I heard this from your khutbah. Yes, I have said, said this I very won't clear. allow anyone comes here to the member. I'm not going to allow, if I am in charge, yeah. nobody who is cursing the Sahabi should be preaching khutbah. But if we unite for another cause. Yeah, it's so clear now. Yeah, it's very clear. If we unite for <clears throat> another cause, not for, uh, billah, he, the person who has this deviance, he should not be teaching Islam to my own children, to my community. I understand they will preach to their community. What are we going to do about it? Again, people get, <laughs> they get frustrated and trying to be practical. What do you want to do about it? What, I mean, what do you want? Do you want Audhu Billah want to go kill them? Some of them say yes. What are you going to do? Sheikh, one from those who criticized you, he believes that you should, if you have a chance to kill these people, you should make that. That's his view. I think it this is, is haram view. and un-Islamic. Yeah. And I, I follow <coughs> here what Ali radiallahu anhu's politics was with the Khawarij. 
the first khawarij, the first khawarij that broke away, right? He tried to convince them with his talk, with Ibn Abbas. He made yani, uh, back and forth with them. When they refused, it's well known, you look up any book, At-Tabari, Ibn Kathir, when they refused, what did he say? لَيْسَ لَنَا عَلَيْهِمْ حَقَّ We have no right to force them to do anything as long as they don't harm us. And he let them be in their camp until they began killing, then he attacked them. He gave them the freedom. He gave them the freedom to be Ahlul Bid'ah. I know this sounds harsh to some of the Salafi brethren, but it is the truth, Ya As the Khalifa of the Muslims, he gave them freedom to be Ahlul Bid'ah. Are you more righteous than Ali radiallahu anhu in Darul Kufur, by the way, in a land of non-Islam? Are you more righteous that somehow you want? What do you want to do, Ya we have our ideas and firqa as well. Okay, it's pragmatic tolerance. We have no option except to say, you have your way of teaching, we have our way of teaching, and we will disagree and agree to disagree, but there's no benefit. Ya Shaykh, we see sectarian violence in the Muslim world. We see people bombing other people and people killing other people that are Muslims. Where does it come from? It comes from the mouths of mashayikh of both sides, who keep on teaching hatred, 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 hatred. What's gonna happen when you teach this hatred? Its explosion is gonna become a bomb. So I am not following that path. When I don't follow it, people think that, some of my critics think that, I'm ignoring the differences. No, not ignoring. Wallahi, not ignoring. It's clear now, Sheikh. Okay, uh, <clears throat> criticism number eight, which is so dangerous also, that you described <laughs> some from the Quran and the Sunnah text as a problematic text, and you literally said bizarre. Uh, again, this is something that uh, we need to be, again, multiple angles to look at. First and foremost, first and foremost, if, and this is, I'm teaching this as a simple principle, if there is a preacher, a teacher, a person who has many, many lectures, if you find a clip that seems to go against everything he's preaching, yani, you should have some husnadhan. What is going on? What did he mean? Okay? Unfortunately, <coughs> what we find is that sometimes some of our brethren, may Allah guide them and forgive them, they take an ambiguous clip, such as this one, and they use it to negate hundreds and thousands of other clips and explicit statements. And this is, wallahi, it's as if Allah Azza wa Jalla is saying that Allah says of the Qur'an, of the Qur'an, forget Yasir Qadi's speech, of the Qur'an, Allah says, there are people that will find ambiguous ayats and they're gonna read in to cause fitna, ignoring the clear ayat. So there are always gonna be people that do this. I seek Allah's refuge, I speak to these critics, I say, Ya Shaykh, Ya Akhi, please listen to hundreds of khutab and durus and lectures. Insha'Allah you will find some love of the Qur'an and Sunnah. What did you Insha mean about this? So, so first thing I want to begin with this, is that when you find something like this, yani understand first. Secondly, the story of this, Ya Shaykh, is also, again, yani, uh, I seek Allah's refuge if I made a mistake. Let me explain what is intended and what is going on. So, uh, during the crisis of ISIS, ISIS, the fitna that going on, and America was on high alert, and there was legislation in 22 states attempting to ban the Sharia. I don't know if you know this, is before you came to America. No, I didn't know. Yeah, 22 states attempted to ban the Sharia. Islamophobia was all time high during this time frame. And one city, I forgot where in, in um, uh, Pennsylvania, Memphis, I forgot where. No, 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 no. <clears throat> one city, uh, for the first time, got the city council to come to its iftar, uh, to its um, uh, annual event, and the mayor to come. And they invited me to be the keynote speaker. So the first time, 
the non-Muslim uh, delegates were coming and the mayor is, has come. And you know, they said, this is, we have never managed to get them now. And there's some talk of you know, some issues against the Muslim community. We're, coming, we're asking you to come and clarify what is going on. So the bulk of my audience were non-Muslim. You have to understand this point. Now, sometimes when you're in front of a live audience, again, you have to think of words and sometimes not the best words come out. So again, I see Allah's refuge if the, the, the phrasing was wrong, but what was the intent? The intent is not problematic at all. Maybe the phrasing could be better, no doubt. But again, when you put on the spot, sometimes you say things that you wish you could prepare the speech, you're not. So somebody asked me about uh, ISIS taking slaves, something like this, you know? And doesn't the Quran allow slaves and slavery? Okay, what I wanted to say, and maybe the wording wasn't best, but the concept is 100% clear, and I'm gonna explain it, and I've explained it in the past, actually I explained this multiple times, is the following, that every faith community has issues that it has to struggle with. Actually, Allah says in the Quran, Allah says in the Quran, some things you find difficult, okay? This is factually correct, that there are issues that you find problematic. In fact, our ulama wrote books about the problematic issues of the Quran and Sunnah. Like Ibn Fawraq, right? Mushkil, Mushkil, Mushkil al-Hadith. At-Tahawi, Sharh Mushkil al-Athar, right? Explaining the problematic ahadith. This is the he has title 11, of the book. 11 volumes, ya Shaykh. Oh, mashallah. 11 volumes. 11 volumes. The explaining problematic ahadith. Is Imam At-Tahawi saying, A'udhu Billah, A'udhu Billah. The Quran is problematic, the process. He is saying, we have problems understanding. It is problematic for us to deal with this. We don't have a solution. We're struggling to get to the solution, right? So this was my point in trying to explain that, look, we all have issues that we find difficult to explain. They are problematic for us. This is something, yeah, Ibn, so Ibn Hajar, every alam, yani Ibn Hajar, I remember reading a commentary recently, he goes, وَهَذَا الْحَدِيثُ مُشْكِلُ He says this, this hadith is problematic, and I don't know how to resolve, actually about the height, height of Adam, right? Okay. He goes, this hadith is problematic, and I don't know how to reconcile between archaeology, so uh, the, the, what he says. By the way, Ibn Hajar, one from the best ulama who explained the hadith, by the way, but so my, don't so, know Ibn Hajar. So what I'm trying to say is that the phrasing was, again, maybe not the best, but the concept is, every faith community, right? There are ahkam that they have to struggle with. I and there, we have to understand how, so it's in our understanding. In our understanding yes, so what do we do with the issues of slavery? Wallahi, every one of us, yani when we go through a phase, no, no, the Quran doesn't actually allow milk yameen. We have to go, then we say, oh, it does actually. Now, what do we do with that? Yani it's something we have to go through and you have to understand. I invited Dr. Jonathan Brown, Slavery in Islam is a whole lecture. Listen to that, right? And even he has a good book on this as well, that he as a Muslim had to, you know, undergo what, how do we understand these verses? It was problematic for him as a Muslim. It was problematic for me as a teenager when I first came across the verses, right? So the problem, a'udhu billah, is not in the Quran and Sunnah. The problem is in our, our hikmah and lack of hikmah, our struggling with it. And the context clearly shows us. In any case, I seek Allah's refuge if the wording wasn't the best, but I also gently say to my, my, my critics that, Ya Akhi, please listen to my hundreds and thousands of lectures about the Quran, about the Sunnah, about the Seerah, about how I'm defending the Sharia. Then you come across 10 seconds, right? At a time and a place and a location that you don't know. Please have some husn al 
I have defended the Sharia and the Quran and the Sunnah and the Seerah for my entire life. Now you come across something vague, may Allah forgive me, maybe it wasn't the best wording, but the concept was, I'm trying to explain because uh, the question was, doesn't the Quran allow slavery? Ya Shaykh, a non-Muslim in two minutes, how do you give da'wah to them when he asks you about slavery? I had a hikmah, I had a methodology, and I don't see a problem with that. We say, look, this is an issue. Yes, we as Muslims, we have to understand, maybe we're gonna have some issues with it. Now I move on to tawheed, to something else. So how do you explain to a non-Muslim audience immediately, he is asking, milk yameen, does your Quran did allow milk yameen, right? How are you going to explain to a non-Muslim this regard? And in a way that you move on to something more important. I employed a tactic with utmost respect to those that are finding this problematic themselves, go and give da'wah and find me a better way and I'll follow it. But I employed a tactic that even you as Christians, you have things in your book that you don't know what to do with. Even you as Jews, you have things in your book, you believe in it, but it's problematic for you. This is the point. We as well as Muslims, right? We have ahkam. Allah says in the Quran, you're gonna find this difficult, but you must do it. Okay, we are doing the same thing. So. The problem is in our own trying to understand the hikmah. It's so clear now, Sheikh. Okay, we, we still have two criticism in this, inshallah, part. Criticism number nine, which is talking about al-hudud. Uh, Sheikh, they accused you that you are rejecting the hudud, or you said that the hudud, it's not proper uh, uh, to be uh, active in this time. No, again, again, I want people to listen to the entire lectures. Again, this is something that, um, again, maybe Allah Musta'an, I don't know what to say. This is an incorrect summary or misinterpretation. I have been very clear. And again, with utmost respect, one of the, one of the, the problems that we're facing in our times, let me take a step back here. One of the problems we're taking, facing in our times is people who don't have ilm have taken on the responsibility to find the mistakes of people who have ilm. And they spread what they consider to be mistakes amongst other people who don't have ilm. So any alim or sheikh who listens to what I have to say, I don't expect them to at all find anything I said problematic in this regard. But when you don't have ilm and you are hunting for mistakes, you will think something to be a mistake when it is not a mistake and you will make a big drama and create something out of it when it doesn't deserve anything of this nature. What I have said is standard mainstream amongst many of the fuqaha of our times. And I've always said that again with utmost respect, it appears as if yani, the people that are spreading these types of things, they don't study uh, the, the sharia or usul al-sharia. There are two separate chapters. One of them is the book of fiqh and the other is siyasat al-sharia. The book of fiqh, very clear. We have the ahkam, the hudud, we study them and we understand this is what? It yani, means the, the punishment. The punishments, yeah. Now, the issue of when and how to apply and when to manifest, this is a separate topic called siyasat al-sharia. They accuse them as a mubtadi'ah, by so, the way. So, uh, well, that's their perspective. Yani, this is, Ibn uh, has a book on this and everybody knows this. Yani. So, yeah. so, fiqh is, the, the books of fiqh are not meant to be a constitution for a Muslim country. The books of fiqh are taught to understand fiqh. How and when you take the ahkam on a political level, on a societal level, is a separate science of fiqh, which is a more advanced science. And even many basic students of knowledge don't study it because it's not a basics, it's a very advanced science. Now, what is well known, and it's not just me that is saying this, is that in given 
our world that we live in, and given the reality of nation states, and given all that is taking place, to what level can we rethink through the application? I have never said, A'udhu Billah, that we're gonna make naskh of the application, of the hudud. I have never said the hudud, abrogation. abrogation. I have never said we're going to consider the, the, the books of fiqh and the sharia, A'udhu Billah, to be batil. La. The question arises that what can we do in a modern country, in Malaysia, in Pakistan, in Libya, in Tunisia. Let me give you a simple example, Sheikh, to, to my critics here. Is there any alim in the world, in the world, that is calling for jizya upon Ahl al-Dhimma in their own countries? Do you know any alim in the world that no, is saying- Nowadays, no. Nowadays? No. Why? Why, Sheikh? Why is no, Allah says in the Quran, hatta yu'tul an yadin wa hum It's in the Quran and ahkam al-jizya in every book of fiqh, every book of fiqh. So when an alim, and this is again what frustrates, may Allah give me patience, what frustrates me, wallahi, I, utmost respect, many of my critics really haven't studied. There is ulama said this in ISIS group. Uh, ISIS, yeah, they are not ulama by the way. Okay. They are self, <laughs> they consider they are, them as a ulama. Yeah, Sheikh, ISIS, never, ISIS never had actual ulama. ISIS has self-taught Tawail ibn Ilm. For me, for you, for yeah, every yeah, regular Muslim, it's ulama. not ulama. They are not they are ulama. ulama. So why, is it, why is it that ulama of Egypt, ulama of the Mamlaka, ulama of all the lands, why is it that they're not calling for jizya right now? Why? Because they understand that, okay, given the current circumstances, right, the Sharia allows us to not do the jizya. Is any of these ulama gonna say, la jizya was batil in the Quran? A'udhu billah, nobody's gonna say this, that Allah revealed in the Quran. So the same thing, ya Shaykh, every mainstream alim is saying it. Unfortunately, Allah yahdihum, these yani, you know, uh, uh, critics of mine, they, they're not even aware uh, of what ilm is saying. It's as if I have said something new. It's as if they've never, ya Shaykh, this is the, the, the default of every single Shaykh uh, that is active in the real world, in the, polit in the political scene. I have spoken to Sheikh Qadawi directly. Uh, one of the senior ulama of, of, of the Western world, he passed away, Mufti Taha Karan. People are aware of him in South Africa. One of the senior ulama, I had a long conversation. I still have his WhatsApp messages on my phone. I went over this issue as well, is that Sheikh, do you also agree with me that when it comes to blasphemy, and when it comes to these types of issues, modern Muslim countries can rethink through to what punishment they apply. Maybe not uh, execution we can send to jail, for example, right? Because we don't want any yani, this to be compiled, but at the same, meaning sub of Allah and His best But at the same time, can we rethink through law ahkam al-ridda? Ahkamal, you know, uh, you know, uh, of Allah and His Messenger in the modern state. All I'm saying, can we rethink through for a temporary time frame? I'm not even saying, A'udhu Billah, A'udhu Billah, I never said that, uh, you know, the books of fiqh are batil and kufr, A'udhu Billah. Nor am I saying this is permanent. I'm saying in the current climate, just like jizya. Another question I have, which alim is calling for uh, riqq and ubudiyah and milk yameen right now, other than ISIS? No, Other no, than ISIS, nobody, nobody. nobody. Why Allah says in the Quran and the and the ahkam, which in book? In, so in every book of fiqh has ahkam al-riq. Every ahkam al-riq means uh, slavery and whatnot. Right? Every book of fiqh. 
Why is it not being applied now? Because a hundred years ago, a movement began in Muslim lands. By the way, this is an interesting story as well. Even in Muslim lands, there was back and forth. And some ulama said, how can you make haram what Allah has made halal? And the other ulama said, we're not making it haram. We are saying right now in the current world, we should abolish shirik. We are not saying it is haram ila yawm al-qiyamah, nor are we saying it was sinful for the people of the past. But we're saying now, siyasatan, siyasa shari'a, right? We have to abolish can you a little bit talk about the Siyasa Shara'iyya or Fiqh Al-Asr, Sheikh? Yeah, so, you mentioned Fiqh Al-Asr. So again, these are topics that unfortunately... I, I, I know yeah, it's I, I so know. hard. Exactly. Even for Tulab Al-Ilm, for the students, yeah. even Sheikh in, in our university in Al-Azhar, it was so advanced to take That's the point. So, Siyasa Shara'iyya means there is different, there is Fiqhi Ahkam, like the book of Fiqh, and there is book of As-Siyasa Shara'iyya. Applying the Fiqh yes, in modern times. Yes, it was times. so advanced. Yes. And people uh, cannot differentiate between them. The, and this is what unfortunate, and this is why we live in a time of fitna where a person who doesn't know ilm is given a platform on social media and able to confuse the people that, oh, look, he's going against Fiqh. No, Ahkam As-Siyasa is different than Ahkam Al-Fiqh. And what I'm talking about is Siyasa, not Fiqh. Politics. So, yeah, so, yeah, the political application of these laws, right? And honestly, it's so basic, and that is why no alim will find what I said problematic. No alim. Because I am preaching what the ulama taught me. This is exactly what the ulama have taught you, is that siyasat al-sharia is different than, but what we have now is uh, a lot of jahl, and also a lot of zeal and hamas. A lot of overzealousness where it's laysa fi mahallihi. When they see Islam becoming very, very, very liberal, which it is, I agree with this, anybody who preaches something they think is in that direction, khalas, he becomes liberal and modernist. No, you don't understand what is liberal and modernist in Islam in the first place. You don't, you don't have the tools to know that not every easy opinion means it's becoming liberal. La. Yani Sufyan al-Thawri famously, or Sufyan ibn Ayni, I forgot, famously said that fiqh is not when to preach the strict opinion. Everybody can preach the strict opinion. Fiqh is when to preach the lenient opinion, and that is the correct one. That is where real fiqh comes in. So the real faqih is not the one who follows the strictest opinion all the time. No. So again, all that I have said in this regard, Wallahi, I don't know what else to say. It is mainstream, it's not problematic. But people who haven't studied and they haven't heard it in English and they've only studied basic book of fiqh, they find it problematic. Actually, what I have said is the position of every single major scholar of every Muslim land and that's why they themselves are not calling for riq and ubudiyah. They're not calling for jizya. They're not calling for so many things. No Muslim land today, no Muslim land applies the sharia 100%. Why? Even so there. Even. Why? Why? Because they understand siyasat al-sharia is different than the books of fiqh. That's all I'm saying. Nothing strange in this regard. Last criticism in this part is why Sheikh Yasser is supporting Sheikh al-Qaradawi. Sheikh Yusuf al-Qaradawi. So I'm not a blind follower of any Sheikh, uh, but I respect Sheikh Yusuf al-Qaradawi and I respect Sheikh Ben Baz and I respect Sheikh Ben Uthami and I respect Sheikh Wahab al-Zuhayli rahimahullah and I respect all of the Mashayikh. Uh, each one has something to benefit the Ummah. And I believe that Sheikh Yusuf al-Qaradawi overall, uh, his methodology is something that appeals to me, but it doesn't mean I agree with every single opinion. And the reason why I sometimes quote his name is because my critics sometimes make it out as if this opinion is, I'm the first person in human history or the only person saying this. And I'm just quoting one of the most respected and senior ulama 
in the world alive today. May Allah Azza wa Jal protect him. Even if you disagree, and there are many who disagree with him, even if you disagree, just understand that he, he are you gonna deny his right of ijtihad? Can anybody say that he is not a mujtahid yes, of our times? Yes, they, they are. Yeah, they said it's, he is not alim, he makes a lot of things halal. He makes kitab al-halal wal-halal. Okay, yes, he, okay. They said that so, so that's their opinion. Jayid, that's their opinion. And some people said that al-kalb al-awi ma'ashallah. So that's their opinion. I, 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 don't, I cannot respond to that level of jahala, that level of ignorance. If you're gonna a'udhu billah, a'udhu billah, call an alim a kalb like this, and you're right, somebody wrote a book of their group uh, and it is published. I am aware of this book, right? I, I don't even want to respond to this. In my opinion, uh, Shaykh Al-Qardawi is one of the greatest ulama of our era. That's all I'm saying, one of the greatest. And Shaykh Ibn Baz is also one of the greatest, by the way. And Shaykh Ibn Uthameen is one of the greatest. And I, studied, yeah. and I studied with Shaykh Ibn Uthameen and he wrote me a tazkiyah. And I studied with Shaykh Ibn Baz, meaning I should not say studied. I attended Shaykh Ibn Baz and I uh, 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 met, went to his house multiple times. Shaykh Ibn Uthameen, I studied with. I am, I consider myself a minor, minor, minor. You were minor, minor. Rukab. You were uh, uh, staying I, I, in your and, knees there. And, 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 I consider, I and I consider Shaykh Ibn Uthameen to be one of my main spiritual mentors, even if I respectfully, respectfully disagree with some of his opinions, but my love for him has not changed at all. And I really think he is wali min awliya Allah Azza wa Jal. And I think he is min baqaya salaf. I think he's, been, he's one of the remnants of the Salaf. And I saw with my own eyes his ibadah, his zuhd, his taqwa. But what has this got to do with having to agree with every opinion of his? Yeah. Can we not understand you can respect a shaykh and disagree with an opinion? Yeah. I love Ibn Uthameen, Allah and I hope to be resurrected, inshallah, in the company of the righteous, and I hope he is amongst them. But that doesn't mean I agree. Same with Shaykh Qardawi. I met him multiple times. I have an interview with him on uh, recorded, and I asked him some very uh, deep and, 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 and interesting questions about Gharb and whatnot, and I respect him. And I have said, publicly that when I was in my 20s, my mind gravitated more towards Ibn Uthaymin and Ibn Baz and, and, uh, and the ulama of the Salafi movement. And as I grew older, without any, anybody influencing my own mind, now I am more towards the type of fikr, the type of methodology that one finds in Shaykh Al-Qardawi. That's what I have said. It's not that I'm a blind follower in any of them. I respect all of them, but in my own maturation, I have gone from this to that. My critics have the right to, to criticize, that's their business. By the way, Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen said uh, literally about Hadith al-Jassasa, it's mushkil also. He yes, he also said this. Yes, about Hadith al-Jassasa, exactly. which the is hadith of the, yeah. Muslim. Sheikh Ibn Uthaymeen said, هذا مشكل. Yeah, back, uh, yes. قلبي. And, and I have read this myself. Yes, yes. Last thing, Sheikh, before I end this part, uh, there is, uh, it's like secret about Sheikh uh, Abdul Aziz bin Baz. I know this uh, literally, that he read the book of Al-Halal Wal-Haram to Sheikh Al-Qaradawi. And he was respecting Sheikh Al-Qaradawi so much. And he wrote with his uh, hand that this book is great except five uh, fatawi. Sheikh Bin Baz doesn't agree about only five fatawi from Kitab Al-Halal Wal-Haram of Sheikh Al-Qaradawi. Which is, uh, يعني, uh, there is a group of people, they call it Al-Halal Wal-Halal, means that Sheikh Al-Qaradawi said everything is halal. They accuse him in this way. But uh, uh, the great Sheikh, Sheikh Bin Baz, said literally, and he wrote this with his hand, that Kitab Al-Halal Wal-Haram is great kitab, except five, uh, just as a يعني, خبر, uh, I have to mm. say it. Um, inshallah, بإذن الله تعالى, we will continue all this criticism with Sheikh, uh, inshallah, Yasir Qadi. But inshallah, in the next part of this uh, video, barakallahu fikum. Wassalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. <laughs> 
أما استحييته تعصيني ولا تخشى من العتب وتخفي الذنب عن خلقي وتأبى في الهوى قربي فتب مما جنيت عسى تعود إلى رضا الرحيم